It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello. Welcome to this episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I'm Chloe Thomas, the creator and host of this award-winning show, and it's my aim in every episode to help you find ways to improve your e-commerce business. Our e-commerce growth series 2021 sponsored by Clavio is now over. Um, Yeah, it's all happened. It's all out there. You can now binge it to your heart's content. I hope you've been inspired and found those tactics and strategies that we shared that are ones that, that you've identified that you can use this year to grow your business in the best possible way. I've heard from a lot of you that you've loved it. So thank you so much for all the feedback. Now, I know we attract a lot of new listeners every January. So hello, welcome to you. Thank you for tuning in again. Now the growth series is complete, we are going back to our normal release schedule. So you're going to get one interview episode a week, every Monday. And I promise you, there are some corkers coming up um, very, very soon. Now, last year, you may remember, um, no prizes though, uh, you may remember that we followed the journey of a new startup, UXB Skincare, by following um, founder Simon Driscoll's journey, launching, growing and exploring really the opportunities of his new D2C brand through what turned out to be a very interesting year. And, um, you know, we did about four episodes with Simon and I saw that you guys really enjoyed listening to it. I certainly enjoyed chatting with him and seeing how the business developed over that time span. So this year, we're going to be following another startup from launch through their first 12 months. And in this episode, we're going to meet them for the first time. We're going to find out a bit more about the founder. We're going to find out a bit more about the business and what they've got planned for their six months. Um, we're going to be getting into some areas around content, some bits about email. We're going to be talking about product. Should you buy a business or should you start a business? Um, and a lot of other kind of kind of big picture stuff, which is not just relevant to those who are early stage. There's a lot here which is relevant for for bigger businesses, not least because my guest is is someone who's been in this space for a long time and who's a a very well known consultant in the SEO and CRO space. So you're you're in for a treat if you stay tuned. So please do. And before we get to that though, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Clavio, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for brands of all kinds and sizes. Whether you're an entrepreneur just starting out or you're part of a marketing team at a multinational brand, Clavio will give you everything you need to create memorable marketing moments. Building customer relationships that keep shoppers coming back time and time again. Get started with a free account today. Visit clavio.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash master plan. 2020 was nothing short of a crazy year for businesses and advertisers worldwide. Yet if you played your cards right, you could have made even more money from your ads. But what if you didn't? Lucky for you, J7 Media, a renowned Facebook marketing agency managing millions of dollars in Facebook ads every year, is offering you all their secrets to success. Want in? Download their free guide featuring the latest key trends and strategies you need to succeed as an online business in 2021 at experts.j7media.com forward slash masterplan. 
And now to introduce today's special guest. Luke Carthy is a well-known e-commerce CRO and SEO specialist, and now the founder of AfroDrops, the new startup we're going to be following throughout 2021. Hello, Luke. Hello. It's very cool to have you here, and thank you very much for being willing to share the story of AfroDrops with everyone, um, especially as we don't really know what that story is going to look like yet. Um, but <laughs> But before we get into what we're hoping it's going to look like, how did you get started in e-commerce? Yeah, so it started at a really young age, actually. It started when I wanted to buy my first car, and it was eBay. Um, so really, I kind of worked at Curry's um, for my first job, and I was there at the rise of HDTV when Sky HD and flat TVs and everything had just literally hit the market. Um so I decided that HDMI cables were far too expensive. They were eye-wateringly expensive. So I sourced a supplier on Alibaba, like everybody else does, um, and bought them and sold them on eBay. And that's kind of where I fell in love with it at the age of 16, 17. And it stuck with me ever since. And it's just kind of snowballed from there um, throughout my career. But that's, yeah, that's where it all started from. And you needed the money from those to buy that car? Yes. A lot of HDMI cables were sold over two years. <laughs> <laughs> And just because everyone wants to know now, what was the car? It was a knackered Volkswagen Polo. It was nothing special. You, you expected me to say it like a Bentley Continental or something posh. but and It's, it's um, better than my first car, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was just about road legal, but it was mine and I was happy. Um, but yeah, that was for me where I realized that e-commerce was infectious. And I, I really enjoyed that kind of thing of optimization and looking at competitors. And yeah, that's where it all all started. Nice. And now you've, after a few years kind of consulting and working for for retailers, you've now come full circle to create your own e-commerce brand. So why now? Do you know what? I think obviously I'm now uh, a consultant and I've been doing it for about, uh, where are we now, uh, New Year. So about sort of 15, 16 months. And I live in the world of e-commerce, of course, and I am passionate about Afro hair care and also representation for my kids and all that kind of stuff. And it just seemed to be almost like the perfect storm of, of career slash kind of, you know, beliefs to really make a go of it. Um, and there's lots of, you know, Afro drops is not new. What we do isn't particularly new, but there's not anyone out there who's really kind of owned and really um, delivered a properly centric tech uh, experience in this particular space. Um, so I thought there's an opportunity, there's a potential gap here. And I thought, why the hell not? I reinvest something into a business idea and one that's really close to my heart. So um, it just made a lot of sense, a lot of sense. So that that conjoining of something you're passionate about with a, a desire to get your hands dirty again, I suppose, to get back client side? Yeah, yeah. I think once you've always been, you know, once you've always had your hands dirty, once you've always started building things, um, I guess, as, as you know, everybody knows that the, the higher you climb up the ladder, um, the less opportunity you get to really start playing around and, and messing with stuff and breaking and fixing things. And I, yeah, a lot of me does miss it. And I think as a consultant as well, you want to be able to prove to yourself and to your clients that you're not just a theoretical person. You're not just a lecturer, but actually, um, you know, you've got the battle scars and the T-shirts to prove you still got it. So it's a kind of a case of having your own sandbox to play in as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, albeit a huge sandbox with a, a mortgage involved and everything like that, and of course your whole <laughs> career on the line. But um, yeah, it's 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 something I absolutely love, and it's something I've done multiple times. It's always scary, though, of course, when it's your own baby and your own project. Um, but yeah. And you mentioned um, you mentioned a lot of things there, actually. But you mentioned you know it's good to have that that e-commerce project on the side, which is something I've never really had since I've um, since I stopped working for retailer, working client side. And partly it's because I can never think of anything to launch. And partly because the idea of starting from scratch scares me. So I often wonder if I was going to get into it, would I end up buying an existing business and improving it rather than going from startup, you know, from, from kind of ground zero. And you mentioned the fact there's a lot of people out there selling a similar product. So what made you want to go from, you know, ground zero, day one ownership rather than necessarily buying something someone else had done some of the initial work on? Yeah, so there's, there's a couple of reasons for this. I think one is pride and ego in the sense of because this is really um, a topic that is I'm massively passionate about. You know, it's something that we live and breathe in the house. Um, buying an existing business would feel like a huge you know, we cheated, if you like. Um, and secondly, I haven't got that kind of cash. So <laughs> I don't have, you know, six figures lying around to go and offer someone a, a business with stock and everything else. Equally, um, as an e-commerce consultant, you can guarantee I'd find faults in so many things, whether that was behind the scenes and in infrastructure or distribution or front end with their site or whatever. Um, but yeah, you're 100% right that it's hugely intimidating to start something from scratch, buying a domain name from scratch and just literally starting from ground zero um but the reason i wanted to do it is because i wanted to do it in a way that i felt um that i could influence as best as possible using my expertise so um equally there's nothing to worry about in terms of you know return on investment i've got no investors to keep happy um it's purely a project that i can take uh, and run at my own pace run at my own speed and have my own agenda and kpi so i think yes it's equally scary that you're starting from nothing um, but it's also nice to know that there's no immediate pressure to have to perform from day dot. I like it. Okay, we've we've kind of talked around the business a lot, but let's now get into the the fundamental details of what Afro Drops is. So tell us about the product. Yeah, sure. So um, Afro Drops is a brand that is designed fundamentally to to empower, celebrate and really acknowledge um, that Afro and natural hair care is, is first of all beautiful. Um, and, you know, should be worn with pride by anyone who has natural hair. So it's really a case of fighting Afro hair oppression and making hair as equal as possible. Um, but on top of that, so that's kind of like the cultural movement and what it stands for. But as a business, um, we are a brand that resells existing products from um, brands that sell Afro hair care products, whether that's shampoos and conditioners and basic wash day equipment right through to leaving conditioners and styling gels and all sorts of things. Um, so we start with 140 products ish, um, which took a heck of a lot of time of selection and, you know, is this the right product or the wrong product? Um, and that is probably going to grow quite considerably over the next six months or so. Um, but yeah, that is wholly what the business is about. It's interesting. I think that in this world where everyone seems to be obsessed with D to C, um, you've decided to not be D2C, but to stock other people's products. So to be kind of the curator of the best options out there. 
Um, was that just the obvious way to do it for you, or did you, you know, or did you kind of consciously re- reject the D to C path? I would have loved to have gone that. You know, if, if it would have been a case of I had a round of seed investment, investment, or I had deeper pockets, I'd have loved to go into manufacturing, create products, um, and really kind of go to that, you know, brand D to C um, model. Um, the issue I have with that is one that market, that D to C side of things, is hugely saturated. Um, like massively from sort of people who sit in their lounge and cook up home brews and sell them on Instagram all the way through to your kind of multinational P&G owned brands, right? So there's kind of a huge umbrella and that is intimidating as heck, especially when you consider how much money you need to invest just to get a product to market. Um, but that that doesn't mean that will never happen. You know, I'd love to get to a place where I get um, – you know, I get the business to a certain situation where we can begin to looking at launching our own brand. But for now, we wanted to become a reseller, kind of like a, a super, an online supermarket, if you like, of natural hair care products. Um, one, because it's cheaper. Two, because it's easier to market. And three, because the demand is already there. Um, you know, when you create your own brand, you have to create that demand. You have to create a position in the market, branding, manufacturing, legal stuff. Um, and then obviously everything that's happened last year with COVID then of course, you know, trying to launch a whole new business in that is is tough, especially when you think about supply chain. And it's, it also strikes me that by doing it this way, you are going to learn an awful lot about the consumer exactly. and what the consumer wants before you spend all that time and effort creating a product, which you might discover actually nobody wants, or the margin's not there to get to be able to spend on the advertising or something. So it's, it, it well, and quite frankly, there's a lot of big businesses out there who have proved that this model in the beauty space works really well. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, why reinvent the wheel just yet? <laughs> <laughs> so um, plus, the, honestly, there's no shortage of selection. Once you get into the world of Afro hair care, you realize that the number of products you can choose from is is ridiculously overwhelming. Um, if we had an unlimited you know, warehouse space and all that kind of stuff, we could probably quite easily do 5,000 SKUs before launch. Um, we don't have the uh, the resources um, to stock and, and hold all of that, you know, that, that, that stock, if you like. But uh, the fact that that's how many products are available, even before you go away and start to invest in your own lines, there's really no need for us to go and jump into that straight away. Um, but yes, you're exactly right. Identify what the customer wants, build a brand, build um, a database of really sort of, uh, highly engaged customers, and then potentially moving to creating our own products. And it also strikes me that if you know, if your your mission is to make you know people more aware of their hair care options and to make people happier with their natural hair, then you would only be holding yourselves back by wanting to go through the whole creation process first. This way, you get to market and you get fulfilling that vision a lot faster. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we we can you know the margin. Um, is hugely variable depending on what brand and stuff we sell. But, you know, the, the margins are still relatively healthy. And I'm sure they're not as healthy as if we decided to create our own product and, you know, uh, market it, you know, in a certain way that allowed us to have hundreds, you know, 100%, 200% um, margin, that sort of thing. But, yeah, we can absolutely start a grassroots, uh, which is what we're doing, 140 products, which sounds as a number like quite a lot. But, you know, um, in the grand scheme of things, it's, it's only scratching the surface. And you're in the UK. Where are you selling to? Yeah. So, yeah, we are in the UK um, and we're selling globally 
um, with a couple of countries excluded just for tax reasons and because it's effort and ridiculously expensive. So we're not delivering to Australia, for example, just because eye-watering costs to get it there. Um, but yeah, we, we ship globally, uh, all countries in Europe, US, everywhere really, pretty much. Excellent. And um, what platform did you decide to sell on? We're on WooCommerce, um, uh-huh. which is, I know it's that kind of, it's that platform where everyone goes, oh no, WordPress, why, why would you choose to, to build on that? But um, honestly, as a platform, I love it. Like it's, it's probably like a whole other episode we could talk about as to like why I chose WooCommerce and why I didn't go for maybe the more obvious choice of Shopify. Um, I won't dive into that too much because there's so much we need to get through, but there is, it was a, a very conscious decision as to why I went for WooCommerce. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm selling on. Can I make a guess? It's partly because you're all about SEO. One, <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that's like 95% of my decision. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's just the fluidity and flexibility in what we want to do and how we can organically grow the brand. But equally, um, it's our own products. We own the, the platform, right? Um, obviously, with Shopify, you have to pay a monthly retainer and everything else. While with WooCommerce, we have, you know, we decide what servers we put it on, uh, which is AWS. We have it on an app, so it scales depending upon demand. Um, we can build whatever functionality we want within reason. Like we just have the world is your oyster. Um, and it's mind-bogglingly cheap. I think to set the whole thing up in terms of plugins and everything else, we we're probably, you know, excluding web development costs, we're probably talking in the region of 150 pounds, uh, and that's yeah, not like an annual nothing. thing. It's nothing. That's just one-off um, WooCommerce plugins that we can add to, you know, integrate with our 3PL provider to provide email subscriptions uh, for people that check out, um, and that's it. So for us, it's it was a no-brainer, a no-brainer. Yeah, and I suppose again, again, it's that not having the pressure, like you're saying about if you bought bought an existing business, you've got that pressure to get sales from day one. Whereas with this, you know, if the consultancy needs your focus. You can do that because you're not thinking, oh my God, we've got another X hundred pounds worth of fees we have to pay this month, no matter what happens. Exactly. So you mentioned widgets and plugins. On that WooCommerce, is there anything you're particularly excited about that you've plugged in so far? Um, A lot of it is BAU stuff. Um, So just stuff to get us off the ground and give our customers and audience an experience that they would expect. Um, but there are a couple of things that are a bit bespoke and aren't typically off the shelf, which are really exciting. So we're working on some um, a custom filter plugin, which just allows us to offer a more user-friendly way of, of browsing the site, depending on users' preferences. Um, it's also blissfully quick, because I know WordPress and WooCommerce is normally wears a, um, you know, a, a almost like a stigma of being a really slow, bloated CMS, which is true out of the box. Um, but of course, when you're working with someone like we are, who's a really um, a really good, well-rounded web developer, from the offset, we said it needed to be fast. Uh, and, and that's something we really, really piece of as well. So it's not necessarily a plug-in as such, but it's a couple of things that we have that go beyond the typical uh, limitations of what WordPress and WooCommerce would do. But there's, there's so many things we have in the future that we're looking at having. So we really want to expand on content and blogs. Um, we have a lot of, and I'm probably jumping way ahead of you here, so I'll just keep specifically to plugins. Um, but also we have a really cool plugin around personalization, 
because of course you know not everyone has the same hair type everybody wants to wear their hair the same or has the same requirements so we have a real emphasis on personalization and making sure that particular user feels accommodated for based on the brands that they choose the brands that they browse the product types that they look at the hair type they've got the hair porosity they've got um so there's a lot of things that are going into this to make this a properly um you know flagship e-commerce site in this space the um the devil's advocate in me is going interesting you've gone from personalization before you've got customers intriguing i wonder if that will stick and oh he's he's uh, he's working out his filters before he's got customers coming through interesting but oh yeah we can but, talk about that <laughs> but i'm i'm assuming you, you you're doing you're doing it because you know sooner or later you're going to have it so you might as well start testing it now and see if your best guess is right rather than start with nothing 100% so I could find out and I could eat my own hat and say that um, I have some beliefs and understandings of how people search, browse, keywords they use, um, habits they have, behaviors they use when they're browsing for, for, for hair care products for themselves. So we've put those um, learnings, if you like, or data that we've sourced into our navigation in UX in terms of the filters, in terms of our categorization and taxonomy structures. Um, and we also didn't just want to copy the competition. You know, we, we didn't just want to look at our top three competitors and go, they've done it that way. We should do it the same. Um, because as, as something, you know, as, as many people say, just because your biggest competitor is doing it a certain way doesn't mean it works. It could just be, they could be flying in the wind just as much as we are. So we wanted to use as much data um, speak to family, speak to friends, do our kind of low-key uh, user research or potential customer research to identify what are the problems you have with hair care um, online. And if you had your own um, e-commerce website to go and take a look at, how is it you'd want to shop first? Would it be by brand? Would it be by hair type? Um, and that sort of thing. So that's what we've built. And we could find as we begin to, to really wind up the traffic and build an audience and all that sort of good stuff that we're completely wrong. But as you said, we'd rather have something that we believe is correct than nothing at all and fail everybody as a result of that. Yeah, you've got to start somewhere, haven't you? We have, we have. <laughs> and, um, and who's we? What is the team looking like? Do you know what? The team is me. Like the only person in the business really who kind of, you know, legally is in the business is myself. Um, I say we because um, to reference uh, a really wonderful woman called Kirsty Halls, she used to have a agency where she hired a bunch of freelancers. Um, so she didn't actually have anyone on her on her book, so to speak. There was no one on the payroll. Um, but she worked collaboratively with a number of, of, of freelancers, almost like employees, kind of like the delivery model, if you like. Um, or the Uber model. So that's exactly what we're going down. So we have, when I say we, I'm talking about a pool of freelancers in the creative space to help with blogs and content and advice. Um, I work with a really good web developer. Um, I have a company that I use for graphic design and they did my branding. Uh, shout out to Scribble Limited. Um, and yeah, just a bunch of really talented people that we've handpicked to almost work as pseudo employees if you like and we'll turn on and off their support depending on when we need it bit like me then i say we a lot but to be yeah. honest it's me plus a <laughs> plus a flanks of individuals who have specialisms in different areas and a, a slightly overworked va <laughs> <laughs> aren't they all the best vas are the ones that honestly they just seem to continue to work under the pressure at any any speed but yeah um i hear you Indeed. Well, look, I think everyone's got a pretty good, good, uh, good idea of what you're up to. But what 
What are you planning for the first six months? Because it's the site's live as we speak. What are your what are your kind of do you have objectives? Have you got key things you want to go? What how are you setting your goals, I suppose, for the first six months? Yeah, so I have some really loose KPIs. Uh, and this goes back, echoes right back to the point that we mentioned of no pressure and allowing this to be somewhat organic in how it in how it grows. So to give you an example, when we launched, um, obviously we put the tweets out, we put stuff on, on Instagram and, and did a, a launch competition to, to celebrate. But it was a very, very soft launch. We didn't spend um, any money in terms of paid search or paid acquisition or anything like that um, for about three weeks until we launched. And the reason why we did that is because there was a number of things we wanted to get out of the way first. We wanted to understand um, we wanted everyone to kind of have a look at the site and go away. <laughs> and the reason why I say that is there's no point launching Facebook pixels on the website the day you launch, because you can guarantee the most people that are going to be having a look is people that are nosy, just curious in terms of what you've built. They have no intention of buying Afro hair care, but it's just they're curious to see what Luke's up to. And I want to get all those out of the way before I start deploying pixels and building personas and profiles and all that sort of stuff and personalizing stuff. So just let them come let them get it out of their system. And then just after that, we can start properly going for it. Plus, there was a number of things I wanted to rectify. Small bugs, as you always get after launch, that I wanted to fix before we go and throw some money at it. Um, now we've kind of running on ads and we're, we're doing things the way that we should be. Where I want to now invest um, some real time and effort is in content marketing. So a real kind of one-stop WebMD, if you like, for Afro hair care. And I know WebMD is like a huge resource and that's like a huge, um, you know, aspirational, not even competitive, but an aspirational company to lift. But we would love to have a real comprehensive pool of really helpful content that people can just associate Afro drops as a specialist in hair care, not necessarily somewhere you have to go and buy product from. Um, on top of that, we also want to work on, funnily enough, a podcast where we talk about uh afro hair and people's stories and upbringings and experiences and tips and advice um and that could be anyone from family and friends to people who we believe uh influencers in the space who just want to kind of have a platform to tell their story um and yeah we want to we also give back to charities as well so we want to be able to to give money back and, and shares of profits once we get there um to to direct causes that you know help combat and, and fight Afro hair oppression or, you know, support people in that particular industry. So there's, there's a, there's a lot going on and that's just, that's, you know, we haven't even spoke about tech yet. That's just purely where we see the business and branding going through. So this, this first six months then is about optimizing the ads and getting the content creation up and running. Would that be kind of the key two streams? I'd say that's absolutely fair. I think paramount for, for us or for me, should I say, is to really solidify that Afro Drops is a brand first and foremost. And secondly, it's a marketplace for you to buy your Afro hair care from. I don't just want it to be seen as an uh, online shop for Afro hair care and that's it. It, it needs to be more than that. Um, because you can't go around saying that you're fighting Afro hair oppression and you're embracing natural hair and then just saying, buy my stuff. <laughs> it doesn't really Yeah, there work. has to be a bit more on the website than that, doesn't there? It's not like <laughs> one blog post of how to to choose your conditioner uh, <laughs> and 140 products and we're on a mission doesn't quite stand up. It doesn't. It doesn't. And I think this goes back to the point of building something that is is truly recognisable 
and stands as something that someone, you know, people can relate to and embrace and celebrate and kind of say, hey, Afrodrops is making a difference. That's awesome. Secondly, they then associate Afrodrops as somewhere they can go and buy their products from. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping that the, the two are kind of mutually exclusive, if you like. So people can come and buy product from us without even knowing who the brand is. They just know what they want and they find somewhere to buy it and they buy it. End of funnel stuff. But equally, you know, we know that the the, the dividends will, will come through once you start building that brand and loyal customer base and, and giving people more reasons to come to your site than just fulfilling an immediate need. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Success in 2021 means building stronger relationships with your customers. Last year saw a lot of consumers switching to buy online, leading to surges in new customer acquisition. So how are you planning on turning your new first-time buyers into profitable repeat customers? Well, that's what Clavio is for. Clavio helps businesses create memorable marketing moments through email, SMS and personalised website experiences. And that is what creates repeat purchases. That's why Clavio, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform, platform is used by over 50,000 e-commerce brands around the world. Get started with your free account today. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com slash masterplan. Are you an online business whose advertising efforts did not go as planned in 2020? Want to know where you went wrong? For expert advice on how to optimise your ads and maximise your revenue in 2021, download J7 Media's free Facebook marketing guide featuring the most prominent trends and strategies you need to succeed if you're an online business. To download this fast action guide, visit experts.j7media.com forward slash masterplan. It's time for the Top Tips round. Well, Luke, I know we're all going to really look forward to finding out exactly how well these first six months have gone next time we catch up. But for now, we're all going to get some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level because we're going to do the top tips. So, Luke, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? I would recommend a really incredible and quite a short book, actually, by April Dunford um, called Obviously Awesome. Um, And it's a book that's all about positioning. And I know positioning books, ten a penny, but trust me, this one kind of just basically puts the middle finger up to everyone that's come before it and said they're all lies and all BS. And actually, this is this is what it actually is. so it's, it's something you could probably read in, in half a day, depending on how quick you read and whether you've got children running around your ankles or not. But it's an incredible book. And it just opens your mind in terms of how you should position product, brand and offering a service. And I really, really like that book. Nice. I'm 99% certain we've never had that one on before. So that's the top tip. Okay, the traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Uh, email. Um especially in the world of e-commerce, I genuinely think it's under-optimized. And I know I'm not talking about just sending email. I mean, doing email properly, you know, not sending an email twice a week to say, hey, it's payday or hey, it's a Friday, buy some stuff. I mean, properly segmented, you know, I actually want to receive this email kind of email marketing. I think there's there's not a lot of brands that do that really well. Um, and normally less is more. So yeah, I think email is, is definitely one of the most of the represented channels out there. And we we didn't 
touch on email as something you're working on in these next six months, but does that come under your kind of content arena? Oh yeah, we got <laughs> we got some we've got some quite ambitious plans for email. And when when we say ambitious plans, we're not going to reinvent the wheel. We're using you know technology that's out there for Clavio um, to, to to really build our triggers that we want. But we want to properly personalize emails with with content suggestions, with product recommendations, with triggers in terms of how long. Products will typically last someone, um, so we can try and target, you know, if they've just bought a bottle of leave-in conditioner, and we typically know that lasts 60 days for the average person with medium-length hair, then at 55 days, we're sending them an email, or 50 days, we're sending them an email to say, hey, you know, this is here. Maybe you should think about buying it. But equally, there's some content to help you support that if you want to go and make your own at home, or look at another brand, or look at whether you should use a leave-in conditioner versus this is the type of conditioner next time. So it's not just all about hey, you run out of this stuff, go and buy some more. Nice. Okay, back to the top tips. Uh, the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? So me and me. Okay, me and my team. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to say Notion. And I don't, I, I think Notion is still a bit of a um, an underdog in the world of tools. So normally when you think of online notes, you think of Evernote or Apple Notes or whatever you call it. Um, but Notion is gorgeous and it's I love it and it's so collaborative. It's what Google Docs should have been in the first place. Um, but I really love that space. Nice. One for us we're just going to have a look at later then. And the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? Um, Okay, this sounds, as a, as a piece of advice, this is really easy, but the actual implementation of this is quite difficult. But understand why those 100 customers are your 100 customers um, before you go and increase it by 900 customers so you can get more of them. Um, because I think one of the biggest examples, at least in the UK of this, is Sky TV, where they're really happy to go and give all the new people all the cool stuff. But when you're an existing customer, you've had Sky for 10 years, they don't care. So sometimes it really it really makes sense to just understand why your customers are your customers before you go and get some more of them. But as I say, in theory, that's really easy, but in practice, that's actually quite difficult. As so many things are. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Luke, thank you so much for being willing to share the journey of Afro Drops in its first year with us. I personally cannot wait to find out how the building of the content, the optimizing the ads, and, and quite frankly, if the filters have lived for six months or if they've been completely <laughs> reworked. Um, so we, we're going to really look forward to you coming back on to tell us about that. But before you go, could you let, I guess, first of all, let people know where they can find out more about Afro drops and uh, and then we'll let them know where they can find out about you and your your seo work yeah so um afro drops frequently posts stuff to instagram and twitter but what i will say is i was lucky enough to get afro drops as a handle and not have to put numbers and underscores and nonsense in it but equally you can also find um the origin story of who afro drops is who it's for why it came to exist on our afrodrops.com site there we go Nice. And um, do you want to just, just let people know where they can get hold of you if they're interested in some consulting? Oh, of course. Yeah. So um, Luke Carthy. So just Google me. My name's unique. I think I share it with a, a nine-year-old somewhere in Australia, but there's not many of us around. Um, so Google me. I'm on Twitter as well, at Mr. Luke Carthy, if you've got any questions. And equally, I am very approachable. So 
DMs are open. If you've got any questions in the world of e-commerce, then I'm more than happy to help. So just let me know. Excellent. Well, Luke, as I said, thank you so much for coming on. And I'm very much looking forward to next time. So uh, thank you. Cheers. Thanks for having me, Chloe. Appreciate it. So there you have it. That is our startup story for 2021. And we're going to be following Luke through the journey of Afro Drops. And um, next time, I will be asking him how that content's gone, how the ad's progressing, what has he been doing with those emails? So make sure you stay tuned for our next Catch Up with Luke when we find out how those those first six months have gone and what he's got planned next. Because it's a it's, a, it's going to be, I think, a very interesting case study for us all to watch. And of course, he's doing some quite advanced stuff within there too, because he's quite long in the tooth when it comes to the world of, world of, uh, of e-commerce. To get your hands on the notes from today's show, including links to all those top tips and the other things we've mentioned, head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. And there you can add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the other things I share to help you improve your business. Now, if you like this episode, then do check out last year's startup story where we followed Simon from UXB Skincare across four episodes and across the hugely interesting year that was 2020. That's episodes number 255, 273, 288 and 305. And if you're intrigued with what Luke does when he's not launching Afro Drops, then subscribe yourself to the Keep Optimising podcast, where I've chatted with him about both technical SEO and getting your analytics house in order. Thank you for tuning into this and every episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help as many e-commerce business owners as possible to succeed and thrive with their business. So please do spread the word and tell the other e-commerce business owners you know, because I would love to help them as well. I hope you have a great week. Keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast.